Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. So a little bit about my history, how I came to write this book. So I'm a career mission leader. Uh, I actually grew up on the mission field. Was, my folks joined uh, a mission agency. We moved overseas when I was about four years old. Ever since then, I've worked in about 60 countries doing every kind of ministry and mission work imaginable. I've done evangelism, youth ministry, revivals, uh, prayer ministries, relief and development, church planting, teaching, discipleship, executive leadership with mission organizations, uh, many nation discipling efforts. It's been a wild ride. So let me tell you a little bit of the history of how I came to write the book. God began to open my eyes as to how he wants to co-labor with us to establish his kingdom through delegated authority. It really opened my eyes to show me how that operates on earth, from heaven on earth, delegated authority from God to everyone. So that's the heart of the Metron concept is that everyone has a sector or a sphere or a domain of delegated authority from God. And that's why I wrote the book was really to do uh, to do this, to restore dignity and mission to what I call the 97 percent of the body of Christ who are currently to use a sports analogy, I would say you're on the bench. So you're sort of on the team in Christendom, but you largely feel like you're sitting out the game on the bench. And most people honestly just tune out when they're like that. They don't, they don't see a fit for them in the kingdom of God. And it's estimated that about 3% of the body of Christ are actually called to what we would call full-time vocational ministry roles. But then what happens with the 97%, which is the majority of the body of Christ? We're not called to a full-time vocational ministry, but are they any less valued or less significant in the kingdom? I'd suggest that you're already called and set apart by the Lord to do the work in the Metron, which God has assigned you. So the 97% are equally called, equally commissioned, and they're no more or no less significant than 3% that are doing full-time traditional vocational ministry. So now God is helping me to, to work with and develop all believers to figure out how to live on mission within their metrons, within the sphere that God's given them. So I want to do a little bit of a brief introductory teaching on this to set the stage for the rest of this study and uh, hopefully pique your interest for the rest of the content in the book. So what is a metron? Historically, it's said that all life and evolution of Greek civilization was based on the concept of metron. The word metron is used 11 times throughout the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians 10, 13, the Apostle Paul uses the word metron when he's describing his own measure or his sphere of influence that God's given him. He says to the Corinthians, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere, the metron, which God has appointed us. So he recognized that he also had a metron. 
So a metron is essentially a sphere of influence, but it, there's a distinctive, I believe. I believe that it's more than influence. It's a sphere of responsibility. Influence, if you use that concept, it tends to um, give people this idea that it's take it or leave it. If it's convenient, I'll influence. If it's inconvenient, I won't do anything about it. It's more of a passive concept. Whereas really what a metron is, is it's a sphere of responsibility that God has given you. And it's not an option. It's an obedience. So what is the actual definition of a metron? Let's look at the Greek word that uh, the Apostle Paul used in the scripture. He's, it means measure, an instrument of measuring, determined extent, a portion measured off, measured or a limit. So the Apostle Paul introduces us to the idea of metron. He introduces the concept of sphere, and it's something that he was aware of and he took responsibility for. So the working definition that I've come up with, which is kind of the cornerstone of the book and the study and more relevant to our current situation, I say um, a measure of responsibility delegated by God to you in the midst of creation, culture, and spiritual history. So let me repeat that. Your metron is a measure of responsibility delegated by God to you in the midst of creation, culture, and spiritual history. And my book and the study will really hinge off of this concept and really unpack a lot of the implications related to that. So there's a theologian named Dallas Willard, and he wrote a really interesting concept down here that I'd like to share. I think it ties in. He just says, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, and practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of heaven into every corner of human existence. And that's the concept, or a real parallel concept to what we're going for here in this study of my book, is how do you live the life of the kingdom of heaven into every dark and broken corner of human existence. And your Metron contains many dark and broken corners of human existence. And this is what God has called us to. Everyone is hands-on. Everyone's in the game. Nobody's on the bench, whether you're in the 3% or the 97% in the body of Christ. So let me introduce the concept of theology of work here from the book, just to give you a little primer going into this. So I'll do a quick introduction of what I call the original commission. Most of us have heard of the Great Commission, which is taught on regularly and repeatedly and is great. It's defined most of my life as obedience to the Great Commission. What is less discussed is the original commission, but that's where we're going to start in the book and in the study. So what were Adam and Eve actually supposed to do in the garden? Genesis 2.15 says, then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So that word cultivate is instrumental here. It's the original ancient Hebrew word is avad or abad. And the word abad in the Hebrew, it meant the work of cultivation. Adam and Eve were given the original commission to work. They were put in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it. And, the, and work was ordained before the fall. It was the immediate job description that Adam and Eve got after they were created, they were gainfully employed. It's not a result of the fall. It was by their original design and they were given an original commission to do it. So how is work spiritual within this discussion of the original commission? Work is designed to be worship. 
That's the heart of it. It's, it's designed to matter. It's designed to be done as worship and a collaborative activity with God, with our designer. Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So we've got that cultivate is not only, it not only means work, but it means worship in the original language. And this is also uh, in the original English language word cultivate. It's descended from the word cultus, and cultus means worship. If you're familiar with Spanish or Spanish churches or something, you'll, you'll see the Latin origin of the word worship, or if they have worship service, it'll say cultos on the door at a certain time, and that's a worship service. It's directly related to this word of cultivate. So Adam and Eve were commissioned to work, to cultivate, and to work as worship. God wasn't just trying to keep them busy. He had a design here. So in the original commission, it, we'll go on to read here in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them. This is where we get the commission right here. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So what do we find in this passage of scripture, what we call the original commission? That God not only gave permission, but a commission to work. How do we get the commission? Let's look at the word be, the beginning of the word be fruitful and multiply. Be is, a, it's the formal choosing for a role. It's, it gives you identity, that concept of be this. And then the next key word here, subdue is an empowerment to perform or carry out a role. It's an ability. So you're getting your identity, your ability, and then the, the activity of rule, that job description is an authorization to carry out a role. So it's an authority that's been granted. So you have identity, ability, and authority that are carried out and described here in the original commission. And that is our role in our Metron. We have identity, ability, and authority to do what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, we have that same commission for our Metron. Essentially, you'll find in the book as I as the build out these concepts that what Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden and the way that was designed is a direct correlation to what we have as our as a Metron. And we're the new Adam and Eve in our new garden, and our garden is our Metron. So creation is waiting for you. This is an interesting part of theology of work. Look at Genesis 2.5. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. So what we find here is creation was designed to require mankind to fulfill a co-laboring role with God. Mankind would work, God would send the rain, and then the earth would bloom or produce we have to work for creation to work. This is the original design. So a summary thought here, and then I'll talk about the study a little bit. Is work the way or is it in the way? This is one of the questions you'll answer going through this book and this study. Is work the way or is it in the way? Circling back to the scriptures, Psalm 115 verse 16, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. So we're going to look in this book and in the study at what do we actually do with this earth that God's given us. So here's a few key truths about work. 
We are created in the image and likeness of our Father God, the ultimate creator and builder of all things. God worked. Now we work. Work is spiritual. It was ordained before the fall. It's not a result of sin or a form of punishment. Work is worship. Vocation is the very means through which God intends to build his kingdom. So that'll give you just a little bit of a taste test going forward here. That's just one small component here we're going to cover in the book and in the study on theology of work, mission, and meaning. A couple thoughts on the study as you move forward into this activity together as a program in groups. I think you'll I think you'll really benefit from this. I'm excited about where this is going and then the fruit I'm seeing in people's lives. I have everybody from high school students up through retired folks doing this study, and it's been pretty exciting to see the fruit in their lives. So here's a little bit on the structure of the curriculum and the study guide. The curriculum is titled Discover the Original Design of Vocation. So it's designed to be done interactively in small groups. It's got all of the chapters broken down into sections, or what I would call sessions, actually, 10 sessions or blocks of chapters. So as you go through the material, you'll have a few chapters lumped together that are on topic, and then it'll work through those 10 sessions. Each session contains a fill-in-the-blank review section at the beginning. That's the first activity. It's similar to like an open book test. It recognizes that probably not everybody will have read everything in the book or have all the answers. So in your small group and in the discussion, each of these fill-in-the-blank activities also comes with a page number attached to that blank line for your reference. So if you don't know what the word is, you someone in the group can jump back to that page, pull out the key idea, and everybody can note it down so that you essentially capture what I call the golden thread, the key ideas in each chapter that are in these sessions. The review isn't going to cover everything exhaustively, but what we've worked to do is extract kind of a key narrative or a key thread that if you get a hold of that, of this golden thread that runs through the book, you'll really benefit even if you don't retain the rest of the concepts. So we go for that golden thread through the reviews. And then surrounding that in each of the sessions, there are discussion points for each group to go over. There are application points and concepts and activities to figure out how you apply these truths or these ideas to your life. What are the ramifications? It's it's designed to be very interactive and very thought provoking. There's not a lot of direct answers given to anything. It's actually to get you to think about things through a different lens. And then it'll review some key takeaways from the big sessions and encourage the groups to uh, note down the key takeaways they felt they got. And then some targeted prayer points to help internalize and pray through what you're learning. And then to sum up, at the very end, there's a final group activity at the end of the curriculum called the Metron Council Activity. It's fairly self-explanatory, but I'll be available to coach you all through this if needed. And it's essentially a way that the group that's gone through this study together through all this time can learn to work together as small expressions of the body of Christ to tap into what's available in Christ as you'll read in the book and learn to manage metrons together in community and really see the strength and the power and the wisdom of God moving through that. I think it'll be very exciting as you learn to be on mission in your metron 
all the time. It's exciting. It's rewarding. It's not a heavy command. It's a joyful thing. And you get to recapture that original identity and that original commission that Adam and Eve experienced prior to the fall. And it really will help you recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.